Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Good afternoon, boys and girls, kings and queens. Welcome to another episode of Post Daily Dose with me, your trusted parenting advisor, faithful guide and servant on the healing journey. What's my name? Big Papa Brian Post. Coming to you all from the beautiful Pebble Beach in Crescent City. Isn't that amazing? Isn't God good? Yes, he is. Amen. Can I get an amen, brothers and sisters? That's what I'm talking about. So today, I thought I'd talk to you about nighttime hoarding and gorging. I don't know if I've talked about this in quite a while, and I was just chopping it up with one of my parents, and and, uh, this issue has been going on, so I thought, hey, what better... What better thing to do than to to talk to you guys about this situation that I know a lot of parents struggle with their kids. Middle of the night, you wake up and, well, you wake up in the morning and you're like, let's have a breakfast bar for everyone's snack and let's put a, let's put a cliff bar in someone's lunch and hey, let's get a, let's get a, 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 a Robert Irvin bar for, uh, for dad's for dad's lunch, and hey, mom's gonna munch on an Atkins bar real quick, and you go to the cabinet, and lo and behold, there ain't nothing but empty boxes. How many times have you had that experience? Or you decide to do a little bit of spring cleaning, and you're vacuuming, and you think, hmm, I think I'm gonna go ahead and raise this chair up here. I'm gonna do a little bit of dusting, and you raise the chair up, and there's a mountain, an avalanche of candy wrappers just covers you up. How many of you have had that experience? It happens all the time. Nighttime hoarding and gorging is a very common behavior demonstrated with children who come from environments of early neglect because in their blueprints of their brain, hello Mimi, hello Wendy, hello Johnny, in the blueprints of their brains, hello Amy, they've had experiences to where their hunger needs were not met. Now let's talk about that for just a moment. Hello, Colleen. So when we are infants and we cry because we're hungry, if we are fortunate, we have a parent who comes and picks us up and says, oh, little baby is sad, and little baby's hungry. Are you hungry, little baby? And gives us the breast, or gives us a bottle, or sets us in our high chair, and feeds us some mushy, mushy stuff, or eats some, takes a bite of something, and chews it up, and puts it in her mouth. Yeah, you see, you, you, know, you know where I'm getting, where, where I'm going with all this. If we are fortunate, we have that experience happen thousands and thousands and thousands of times from the time we are born until we are able to get up and feed ourselves and go and you know get whatever it is that we want to eat in the fridge and fix ourselves a sandwich so on and so forth when you come from environments of neglect when you come from environments of absence you may have been a baby who cried. And it's like a lot of my little friends who came from from uh, Chinese orphanages or European orphanages or African orphanages, Ethiopian orphanages, even Honduran orphanages. 
They laid in cribs and they cried and no one came to soothe the cry with food and nurturing and tender loving care. And so then what happens is the cortisol for stress in their brain gets reset because when you feed a baby what you're doing, it's one thing to feed the child, it's another thing. Every time we eat, we turn on oxytocin. Hey, Valerie. Every time we eat, we turn on oxytocin in the brain. So it's, it's more than just the parent soothing the baby. It's the fact that the, the very feeding of the baby turns on oxytocin. Oxytocin, your brain's anti-stress response. So it's your, your brain's anti-stress hormone. And it is predictive of cortisol. So when cortisol starts to surge, oxytocin turns on to calm it down, to balance it, to counter it. Well, when you grow up in an environment of neglect and deprivation, all you have is an outpouring of cortisol. Cortisol, cortisol, cortisol. Cortisol is your brain's primary stress hormone. So then it's like the thermostat gets stuck. Now, the next level of that is when we are stressed, we are experiencing emotion. Painful emotions get attached to experiences. So a baby who doesn't get their food needs met, they have, not only do they have, with hunger, not only do they have an association that when I'm hungry, I'm not going to get to eat, but they have an emotion of fear and anxiety that gets attached to it also. So for this child, any experience of hunger can generate the same pre-verbals, fetal, you know, toddler experience that they had, it can generate the same emotions and anxiety and fear and overwhelm and the need to survive that they had when they were little bitty. And they could be 10 years old. They could be 15 years old. They could be an adult. Actually, the actor, the famous actor, Sidney Poitier, he was being interviewed by Johnny Carson. And he was talking about his childhood. And Johnny Carson, you guys, some of you youngsters, some of you youngsters don't even remember Johnny Carson. I remember Johnny Carson way back in the day. Sidney Poitier, maybe you youngsters may not even remember. Famous black actor. Sidney Poitier was telling Johnny Carson about his childhood. How he went days without food. And he would just, you know, he'd dig in trash cans and do the best he could to to figure out, you know, where to get food. And he said, to this day, my biggest fear is not having enough food. And this is, you know, Sidney Portier was, you know, I'm assuming the guy's dead now. But a mega, he was like the Denzel Washington of his time. He opens up his jacket on the Johnny Carson show, reaches into his inside pocket and pulls out a candy bar. He says, I never go anywhere without one. That's a grown man. That's a grown man with millions of dollars. He says, I never go anywhere without one. So you have children that have experiences that leave them held hostage to those early, those early experiences of of fear and hunger and anxiety and stress. So those, those form their blueprints. And when they get stressed, 
after they've come into your home when they get stressed. Thank you, Wendy. Oh, I know it is a sad thing, Johnny, very much so. When they get stressed, even there is no, they've got an abundance of food. They may have an abundance of love. They may have an abundance of acceptance. Or there's no shortcoming. There's always food in the pantry. They can open up the pantry and there'd be boxes like the mom just said. We go to Costco. We buy cases. She's like, my guy, he ate 17 Lars bars over the course of three days. She said, we can't even know. We can't afford that. She said, That's a huge box from Costco. Even though all the food is there. The food does not take away the, the experience of deprivation. It does not take away the experience, the moments, the hours, the days, the weeks, the months sometimes, years sometimes, when food was not always readily available. So that imprint is there. And so if there's enough stress going on in the home, in, 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 a, in a familial situation, guess what? Those blueprints get turned on again. And when those blueprints get turned on again, your child wakes up in the middle of the night and they have hunger. Could be just a hunger pain. It could just be a moment of anxiety. And that anxiety tweaks a, tweaks a moment in their stomach. And before you know it, they're up. They're, they're, they're being driven by that terror, by that fear that no one is there. No one is going to be able to meet that need. No one is going to be able to feed them. They're not going to have food. And they go on a search. And guess what? Guess what they always go for? Have you ever noticed that rarely does your child hoard pretzels or pickles or tomatoes or oranges or even apples? Maybe bananas, never broccoli. You know why? Because sugar releases oxytocin. Breast milk is sweet. It turns on the oxytocin response in the most optimal way. So when your child gets up and they're stressed out in the middle of the night, they're going for the sweet things because the sweet things turn on their oxytocin. They eat it and eat it and eat it and eat it. No different than any other adult that does nighttime eating. Oxytocin turns on. They relax, they calm down, they go to bed. Here's what you got to do. First of all, talk to your child about those early experiences when they may not have had enough food. Talk to them about the stress and the anxiety that they may have experienced as little people. They're not always going to know and you may not always know the details, but talk generally. Talk from your heart. When you were a baby, I know that there were times when you didn't get enough food. I know, I know there were times when you were scared and hungry and sad and there wasn't an adult to come and pick you up and hold you and, and pull, you into, pull you into them and make you feel safe. And now I know sometimes in the middle of the night when you wake up, you're afraid that there's not going to be enough food for you. Have that conversation. That's number one. Number two. Get them snacks and put it beside their bed. And I just had a thought by my favorite parents, Leslie. The, the, I talked about her question yesterday, but I forgot to text her and say, hey, I talked about your question. I need to text her back. 
get their get them a bowl or get them a bag and fill it full every night. A few, as Johnny says, breakfast bars or cereal bars. That's fine. The sugar doesn't have to be the absolute worst sugar, though. We know that's sugary, but they need the oxytocin. They need the oxytocin. So follow me. Throw in a couple bananas. Maybe throw in some peanut butter crackers. Maybe throw in a little drink of some sort. You know, a little chocolate milk or something. And put that in there. Give, give, give them a little basket or give them a little bag and tell them this is their bag. This is their, their hunger bag. That if they wake up in the middle of the night and they're hungry, they have all those snacks that are always there because you want them to know that no matter what, their food needs are always going to be met. They're never going to be back to where they were when they were little bitty scared babies. And you let them keep that in their room and you tell them and you'll fill it up every night. I'll fill it up every night. That's number two. Number three, you tell them when you wake up and you feel scared and you eat your snacks, and that doesn't make you feel good. I want you to come get me. Come get me as the parent. Come get me and wake me up and let me take care of you. Because I want you to know I can take care of you. I can take care of you. I can help you feel better. If you need more snacks, we'll get up in the middle of the night and we'll go get more, we'll get more snacks. We'll eat snacks together. What's not going to happen is you're not going to get in trouble. And you're not going to be told to just go back to bed. I know for some of you parents who, who, who like hang on to as much sleep as you can, you know, for as long as you can, that can sound hard. But I'm telling you, if you'll do it consistently, for, for if your child even will give you an opportunity, number one, you got to be really thankful for that because they may not even give you the opportunity. But if you give, if they'll give you the opportunity, get up and go meet that need, because it won't last forever. It won't last forever. This is, this is working through a developmental trauma. And the way you work through a developmental trauma is by meeting that regressed developmental experience when it shows up. That's how you work through developmental trauma. By meeting that regressed developmental experience when it shows up. So ask your child if they have their snacks and that's not enough to come get you. And you won't be upset. You'll take care of them. You'll soothe them. Now, here's the thing. This is a bonus. Like, this is bonus. This is like 3B. Bonus. It may be the best time in the middle of the night to give them a bottle. Doesn't matter the age. Ask them. If you're waking up scared and stressed and you're afraid that there's not enough food for you and, and you're feeling like a scared little baby again, maybe I need to give you a bottle. Would you be willing to take a bottle? Could I make a fix a little bottle of chocolate milk for you or a little a little bottle with with some with some almond milk and some molasses in it? So it's kind of sweet. You got to have the sweetness. Can I fix you a little bottle and I'll lay down next to you and I'll feed you that bottle and I'll lay there until you go back to sleep. Oh, my goodness, I'm telling you. Oh, it just touches me so deep because uh, that just touched somebody else. I feel that that just touched somebody else. If you'll do that, you won't have to do that for long because that will, that will start to repair that developmental trauma that your child is trying to work through if you can do that. So that's just a little bonus for you. So number one, talk to them about their early experience of neglect or deprivation, what that means for them, and how they're hoarding food and gorging food. You know they're not doing that because they're greedy, because they're bad, because they want to eat it all up from everyone else, because that's the traditional, that they just want to be sneaky. That's the traditional. Don't, As I said to my parent, we're all the time being invited down a pathway of fear. 
share their story with them, help them understand, give them some consciousness, give them some awareness about why they do the things that they do, help them understand their stress and their fear, okay? And then number two, get them a, get them a hunger bag, get them a, a soothing bag. They wake up in the middle of the night, they got their own snacks, it's theirs, it's nobody else's. Number three, if that's not enough, have them come get you and wake you up. I even have some parents, when their kids wake up and they wanna have snacks, they got snacks right there, Come get the parent first, the parent will go back, lay down with them, and have snacks with them. So they're not having snacks by themselves. Okay? Not necessary, but sometimes I have that happen too. So, number three, they come get you if they need more snacks. Number three, bonus, is give them a bottle in the middle of the night. Uh, Angel says, my AES uh, 10 adopted son, 10 lately has regressed and went back to bed weight. We gave him pull-ups. I'm wondering if a bottle would help. A bottle very well could help. It's very good that you did the the pull-up, Angela, instead of doing the shame. Um, just let him know it's going to be okay. It's just a developmental stage he's working through. Um, ask him if he needs you to wake him up in the middle of the night to go to bed. Just remove the shame, remove the fear. He's going to settle into it, and he'll work right through it. He's probably regressed in wetting the bed again because he's going through some. He's just, remember, guys, when we regress, when we get ready to hit a new developmental milestone, we always regress. We regress before we progress. So probably what's going to happen is he's just regressing a little bit, Angela, and if you can just meet that developmental, that little bit of regress developmental need, he'll progress. The problem in our society is that when our children regress, we get really stressed out, and then we start, we start reinforcing the stress, and then guess what? They never get an opportunity to move through that developmental barrier, that developmental milestone, so then they don't get to progress as rapidly as they should be able to so hope that's helpful to you guys remember in any given any given moment any given situation we always have two choices we can continue to react from the same blueprints of stress fear and overwhelm or we can stop we can slow down take three to ten deep breaths and we can choose love and i hope you will choose love i'll let you just check out pebble beach there again here in uh, the beautiful Crescent City. One more time. Just look at that. Breathe in. Breathe into that. Take that in. God bless you. Big Papa loves you. We'll see you guys tomorrow.